Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I got a broken uh, jaw fighting off the looters and shooters with the guardian angels. Everyone knows how I stood against violence. My record is clear. 35 uninterrupted years. You didn't defend the police at all. You abandoned them. I will never abandon the police department. You're acting like my son when he was four years old. Show some discipline so we can get to all of these issues. And this is special coverage of the final debate for a New York City mayor. This is WINS WNEWHD3 New York. Good evening, everyone. I'm 1010 Winds reporter Julia Papa. You were just listening live here to the mayoral debate between Democrat Eric Adams and Republican Curtis Sliwa. Now we are here for our live post-debate debate, our analysis and conversation. I'm joined now by our 1010 Wins host of The Bottom Line on Small Business and former Small Business Services Commissioner Rob Walsh. She's been involved in New York City politics for many years. Also joining us, veteran political analyst and advisor Hank Sheinkoff, who's been part of the 1010 Wins In-Depth podcast on the mayoral race. Gentlemen, Good evening. Well, that hour went by pretty quickly and uh, pretty exciting. So uh, one of you can tell me, start off first, Rob, who was more effective and on what issues was he effective? Well, you know, if you, I, I try to make notes before the debate thinking, you know, where where was this going to go? <laughs> and I was I said that and rightfully that Sliwa is going to turn up the volume and be very aggressive and be very proactive and is going to try to reach out as much as possible given the fact that he has a lack of resources and he was tough and he was aggressive and he and he kept going at you know Adams as much as he can linking him to de Blasio linking him to de Blasio almost every topic we we heard that yeah, and, how and, and, Hank? How effective was that? Do you feel? Because he did well, that know, too it, it, in the it, last yeah. debate as well. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting. I think some people are turned off when people turn up the volume on that, and then I think there's others. You know, we're we are in New York. You know that that they they like good fighters. They like folks who are defending. You know, the underdog and 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 pushing hard. Yeah, so Hank, so Hank, do you think do you think he won sort of on on points, Sliwa, given the fact that he was really making that direct connection and really boring in on that? 
because this is a Democratic town and because Democrats outnumber Republicans in the registration so significantly, probably six and a half or closer to seven to one, Sliwa had no choice but to land as many body blows as he could. Yeah. Why? To try to get more people to vote on a line, frankly, the Republican line, that's lost a great deal of, well, shall we say, credibility. And uh, in New York, a lot of luster since Donald Trump. So it's very hard and it's a very tough battle for him. And that's the best he could do and the smartest thing he could do. But do you think any Democrats could sort of defect? Let's say there's a moderate Democrat who says, well, he speaks to me on the issues of, you know, crime or congestion pricing or uh, homelessness. Uh, Where do you think did he score points on those issues? I think he did score points, frankly. And I think there are disaffected Democrats who will move to him. The real issue here is, is there a Republican Party? If Sliwa gets above 20, well, there is a Republican Party. If he gets far below 20, there is no Republican Party in New York City. And that's really part of what is important here. Yeah, I'm going to play this exchange here. So uh, here we go. And I would give him a B plus um, at a, as a grade. So we have B, a B, did B you plus say and B plus? We have a B plus and an F. Thank that's you, social promotion at its worst. Right. Okay, that's where they were talking about analyzing and assessing and giving Mayor de Blasio a grade. So here you Red, have yeah, Eric wow. Adams giving him a B plus wow. and Sliwa giving him an F, which of course is predictable. But how does that show this dichotomy between these two candidates and what they stand for? I, I was really surprised simple. by the B plus grade. I have to tell you, I, I I did not expect that from them, given the conditions of city and what, what we've heard on on crime going up and the economy, you know, being where it is. You know, the quality of life issues that we've heard, leadership issues that we've heard, and he gave him a B plus. You know, I I was I was trying to guess it. I thought he was going to duck the question and say I'm not giving him a grade, but to give this mayor a B plus, I was surprised by that. I wasn't surprised. Yeah, Hank. Two big errors made here by uh, by uh, by uh, uh, the the man who's likely to be the mayor, Eric Adams. One, giving Bill De Blasio B plus. Bill De Blasio's uh, public opinion numbers are extraordinarily bad. They're in the toilet, for back of letter terminology. And anybody who walks outside their house sees three guys lying on the street doing who knows what will feel just the opposite. That's one. Two. The other mistake he made, frankly, was saying he'd give public sector workers he'd ask them to take a three percent pay cut. Well, that's not the wisest thing to do when you need people to help you get a turnout to show you're the king of the mountain. And the public sector workers are not, nor the union leaders, are going to forget that. That's um, not a good idea. Well, you know, I, I Mayor... Think, I, I think just to clarify that point, I think he was talking about agencies, agencies getting yes. 3 to 5% cuts in their budgets. Right, but Rob, didn't Mayor... A 3 to 5% cut in a budget is nothing. I, I think he's going to face something far greater than a 3 to 5% cuts in city agencies. Well, in we fact, didn't Mayor yeah. Debl- uh, didn't Mayor uh, Bloomberg do that? I think on an annual basis, he was asking for cuts from agencies every year. Rob, w- w- is that correct or what was that? Yeah, we, uh, we, had, we, we, we had we had double figures when we walked in. Mm. And I thought I was a champion, you know, of, of figuring that out and then 3 weeks later or 4 weeks later we had another 10% cut. We all had to cut and, 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 and be lean and effective, and we had to consolidate some agencies, and that's exactly what has to happen now. Right. Now, well, let very me... likely so. Go ahead. Go ahead, Hank. We have, a, we have a very serious financial crisis that no one wants to face up to that is going to be more significant. The numbers people are talking about are based on what was before the COVID crisis and what appears now. And when they say, oh, we're doing much better compared to what? Look. Eric Adams won this debate. Why? Because he was the mayor. 
the insurgent generally never wins. And here was the perfect case. Sliwa insurgent, Adams mayor. The programmatic things that we're going to see, Adams was very careful not to get stuck. Why? Because he knew the trap that Sliwa had laid for him. Right. Let me just play this cut for you. I'll play uh, Curtis Sliwa first, Eric Adams on issues of violence, public safety. I got a broken uh, jaw fighting off the looters and shooters with the guardian angels. We were the only people standing up to the mob. Where were you, Eric Adams? What were you doing? Were you defending the police then? The answer is not. You didn't defend the police at all. You abandoned them. Uh, I will never abandon the police department. Everyone knows the op-ed I signed on to. Everyone knows how I stood against violence. My record is clear. 35 uninterrupted years on fighting on behalf of New Yorkers. I'm proud of that. And everyone in this city is aware of that. Now, each of these gentlemen come to law enforcement in their own way. You know, uh, Eric Adams was a captain in the police department and uh, Curtis Lee was out there as a street fighter, so to speak, you know, protecting New Yorkers. So uh, who who do they appeal to or, or do they appeal to everybody in, in their own particular way? What's the what, what is the appeal with their arguments and their experience? Distinctions are different. Look, being a guardian angel is a lot different than being a uniformed police officer with a bulletproof vest on going through doors and not knowing what's on the other side. Eric Adams' experience, frankly, is much more significant. And people are not stupid. They know the difference. Uh, Look, crime. Slee was right. We're down 2,000 detectives as a starter. We're down 1,500 school safety agents. de Blasio has made a great mess of all of this. Eric Adams is the cop. Therefore, people will believe that he can fix the situation going forward. They're not likely to believe the Curtis Lewin comparison can. And Rob, what do you say to uh, Eric saying he wants to bring that anti-crime unit back or an anti-gun unit back? Uh, there has been just pushback about that. And uh, the mayor did get rid of it, although my understanding is the NYPD, what they did is basically uh, sort of dispersed the unit in full and put these detectives in each particular precinct and neighborhood. And that's how they are fighting it. But do you think it's a good idea to bring back that unit? Do you think that's what people want because there there are concerns about safety and guns on the street? Yes, I I, I do. I mean, I, I still speak to a lot of neighborhood organizations, uh, community-based organizations that have seen a, a high spike in crime, particularly with guns on the street, looking for so- solutions. I hear in a number of neighborhoods, and this is what community leaders say to me, you know, a, a police force in some cases that are sitting on their hands because they're afraid of the actions that are that that would be taken against them. And um, I think hearing from look, I I think Eric Adams got um, you know the nomination because he came out of the NYP during a time where our quality of life quality of life and crime was high. And a lot of people, you know, pulled that lever because of because of that issue. It's going to be strong. I think New Yorkers look at Eric Adams. He 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 knows NYPD. Some people believe that, you know, he's going to be the police commissioner in many ways. Right. A very strong mm. hand on on that department. Yeah, interesting point. Yes. No question. Look, it is. Crime is the issue. It shows up in the polls. It may result in some extraordinarily different and amusing things and unexpected things happening on Election Day, certainly not in the New York mayor race, but in other places. What is the problem and what's the solution? The truth is that even liberals 
or people who define themselves as liberals don't like guns put in their faces. We're seeing more crime in Manhattan and in neighborhoods where the voters and the people who pay the taxes are most concerned. People in the outer boroughs are being set upon. It's like a pestilence. The only way you stop it, you need somebody who knows how to run the police department. And truthfully, Claire DeSleewood does not. Eric Adams does. Yes. Uh, Let's pivot now to the vaccine mandate. In fact, uh, this can all come to a head this Friday when uh, um, the uh, city workers, and that includes uniformed, have to get this vaccine or they uh, get furloughed, so to speak. Here's Eric Adams on that. I would have communicated with the unions like I've done so often. And it's about sitting down. What are they asking for? They may want to know what happens on the day that you take uh, the or get the vaccination. And here's Curtis Sleba. Oh, let's see. We deprive them of a year and a half of education. We're going to kick them out. We're going to expel them. What kind of compassion? What kind of care is that from a government that says, if you don't do what we say, you're out kicking kids out of school? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I I misunderstood. I thought that was about the mandate. But in fact, what uh, Curtis Lee was said was he didn't think that there should be a requirement. He thinks that everybody's going to get fired. He says, what's wrong with the weekly testing as has been going on? This is all going to come to a head. Do you think in reality, uh, one of these candidates, whomever becomes mayor, is going to be able to change this mandate? Or is this going to be sort of stuck in legal limbo somewhere? Collective bargaining issues, this is what one of the things it really is. If you're going to ask people who are, uniform, who are unionized to do a particular thing, you really should talk to their labor leaders so they can make a deal about it and not run off half-cocked. The real question here is management. Who's a better manager and who will manage our problems? And the, and the vaccine, excuse me, the vaccine mandate could be one of those issues. Eric Adams comes across, frankly, as a better manager talking to the camera. Curtis Leva comes across as a guy who wants to throw a bomb and force the incumbent off his edge. Um, Adams just looked better in the whole discussion. Whether Slee was right or wrong is not the question. Adams looked better. He looked like a mayor. Yes. Uh, and don't you think he looked more restrained? I mean, he wasn't even reacting or even looking at a Sliwa who was standing next to him. He was sitting there, uh, not, and he has a, a, a big smile, very effective smile. And he that wasn't, wasn't, wasn't happening. You know, he was really yeah. very controlled. He wasn't even going to look, look when it came time to ask a question of the other candidate. I'm not going to even I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to give him any more airtime. I'm just going to sit. I'm going to take the body blows. I I know, you know, I'm I'm calm, cool and collected on this thing. I'm not I'm not taking the bait. Right. So so this was his to lose in a sense. This was his debate to lose. Well, you know, Rob is right. He if you want to know what the mayor is going to look like, what the mayoral, the Adams mayoralty will look like, you saw it tonight. Very disciplined very direct, very impossible to move, and very uh, careful not to show true feelings. And that's kind of the way a good politician, a good mayor should function. You want to get angry, get married, get angry in your office. You want to get the job done. Don't let your opponents know what you're feeling or thinking. It's the way it is. That's good management skills. And that's what Adam showed this evening. All right. We have about a minute, uh, 45 seconds left. So just quickly, gentlemen, uh, do you think Eric Adams, once he gets into that seat, at City Hall, do you think he's going to have that discipline? Do you think he's going to be able to uh, pull all these levers? And sometimes you have to do that simultaneously. Uh, Ten seconds, each of you. (laughs) Hank. Bet on Eric Adams to be very successful. Everyone has a tough first year. 
Once he gets through that first year and he gets through budget, crime, and homelessness and comes up with a plan, he'll be fine. Okay. Uh, Ten seconds, Rob. I would agree agree with Hank. I mean, the way he's approached this whole, uh, you know, candidacy and and race for mayor, you know, be prepared, uh, be calm, be collected. You know, I mean, he he has handled this in a way that we would want a mayor to handle things. Okay, thank you both. Rob Walsh, thank you. Hank Scheinkoff for joining us here on 1010 Wins. And thank you listeners for tuning in. We're going to go back to Lane Bajardi, Sonia Rincon, and Samantha Liebman to bring you more on the debate and all the other news of the day. But you can join us now on the 1010 Wins Facebook page for further debate, discussion, and analysis. And we can take some of your questions there on Facebook. Once again, head over to the 1010 Wins Facebook page You'll be able to hear the entire show tonight on our website, 1010wins.com. I'm Julia Papa. Thank you for listening. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good evening, everyone. I'm Juliet Papa, joined once again by Rob Walsh, the 1010 Wins bottom line small business and political expert and veteran political advisor and analyst Hank Scheinkoff. Thank you, gentlemen. And uh, how would you characterize this final debate? We just heard the final debate between Curtis Lewa 
Eric Adams for the mayoralty of New York City. Of course, uh, Election Day is November 2nd, and uh, early voting is underway right now, so people are still uh, making their decisions. We heard them for one hour this evening. Uh, Both of you gentlemen, why don't you weigh in for our Facebook listeners? Did somebody win on points? Was there a TKO or a KO in this at all? How would you characterize this debate? Well, look, simple. The, uh, did the electorate win or lose? Well, depends how you view it. There'll be an election on Tuesday. It's likely the Democrat will win. His name is Eric Adams. Was it a TKO? The insurgent was a fellow named Curtis Lee, who happens to be running as a uh, Republican in a city where Republicans don't generally win unless there's an extraordinary crisis. We go through the history of that at any time anybody wants. But there is a crisis, but Adams was able to occupy both places at the same time, the mayor and the guy who absorbed the punches, which means that he's prepared to lead and he's disciplined enough to do it. Yeah, and Rob, you know, I, go ahead. I, I, I expected uh, I expected uh, Curtis Sliwa to be aggressive, to turn up the volume to every chance he could to link. You know, I, I, I said earlier today, you know, the, the way it looked like uh, he was linking Adams as if he was a twin brother. You know, he called him a political advisor. He called him a teammate. Every chance he could was reminding, you know, uh, voters of this this so-called relationship between the two. He went he went for outreach. You know, you you looked at um, his efforts to reach out to the outer boroughs when he talked about congestion pricing the Asian community when we talked about gifted schools, yes, the, the FDNY and NYPD on vaccination, the thing he did not do is knock Adams off his game. Well, he did not do that. And he had to do that tonight. That was not done. Well, I will tell you, I thought the points made between the two candidates uh, were very interesting on, let's say, congestion pricing. Uh, Eric Adams says he does support it. He says he supports waivers and and to encourage and also encourage mass transit. But waivers, you have to start saying, all right, who's going to start lobbying for waivers? What special interest groups are going to start lobbying for waivers? And then Curtis Lewis says this is a tax on anyone from the outer boroughs. It's uh, uh, he says, let's deal with fare evasion and let's you know start dealing with all the money that's being lost in fare evasion. And I know personally people who live in Upper Manhattan who are saying that people already coming in and, and like checking out parking spaces so they can park there and then take the subway where they would have to go to work. This is already becoming an issue and becomes this ripple effect. Where are we on that issue? And how do you think uh, what's what's realistic about what either candidate or both of them are saying or, or is it not realistic? Look at the direction of what they were doing. Um, Curtis Lee trying to build a, some kind of base to get some kind of vote was talking to the talking to Staten Island, portions of Brooklyn, and Eastern Queens. Uh, that's who he was talking to, and, and a small sliver of the Bronx. People who distrust uh, the, the city and the state's plan for congestion pricing, people who see it as a tax, people who don't want to be inconvenienced, and they have a general uh, center-right sense about government. Everybody else, well, the environmental world says, do what you got to do. So Sliwa was talking to people that probably would listen, and a lot of people, frankly, who are not going to be listening at all to him. <laughs> and Rob, I know you just mentioned too. Um, uh, what was it? The bike lanes? Did you just mention the bike lanes and uh, and also the uh, restaurants? Uh, 
Eric Adams says, uh, yes, we should be keeping the outdoor kiosks, uh, but reevaluate the structures. And Curtis Lee is saying, uh, you know, I don't think so. And uh, let's discuss uh, what else is interfering with communication. I think they were both along the same lines. I don't think there was too much disagreement on the outdoor dining. Uh, You know, Sliwa said that, you know, some of them were much too large. Yes. Uh, and and, and in, in some cases, I would say he's, he's probably right on that. But so did so did Eric Adams. Eric Adams said, you know, we have to reevaluate. We want to keep the energy because this has been good, you know, for the city in many ways. But we have to reevaluate the ones that are going over sidewalks, the ones that might be too large, the ones that might be unsafe. Um, you know, so I didn't think there was too much. Of a, of a difference on that. And quite frankly, I'm, I, I'm not sure that's a tipping point for voters. What about uh, what Curtis Lee was said, and I, I guess we would have to check the accuracy, that Eric Adams received 14 tickets for, you know, driving through, you know, speed zones. Yeah. What was the point he was trying to make about the the opposing candidate there? Well, this is the just, point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this was the point about biking, I think. This was a point about, of course, you're a biker because, you know, when you get behind a wheel, you're unsafe. I think that was the point from my recollection and notes. But once it got past, like, once it got past talking about real issues, it got kind of silly. It was a silly uh, kind of thing. Talking about violence, guns, not being with the gangs, that was a pretty good hit. Uh, Being a fancy guy was a pretty good hit. The point is that Sliwa is directing his argument to the same constant base which leads me to believe that he knows this is for naught and that he's building a base for some other reason. Yeah, that let, is probably uh, politically. Yeah, let me play this cut from uh, Sliwa, the point you're making, Hank. Would you have sat down with the Gambino crime family and my shooter, Michael Iannotti, and sat down with them and tried to negotiate organized crime peace? That makes no sense at all. You haven't even met with the police unions and you're meeting with gang leaders who are responsible for bodies. Yeah, that was a reference to uh, a conversation he was having this morning on a, on a radio show. Is that just for show what he's saying or, you know, what the what kind of point is he trying to make there? Hank. Any way that he can get at Adams is anything that matters because he has no standing beyond what he does to Adams. He doesn't have the cash. He doesn't have the endorsements. He doesn't have the political community behind him. He doesn't have much. All he's got is himself and his wits. This is like the guy in the street who's trying to survive. You know, he's doing a pretty good job of surviving. It is great theater, but ultimately it will not amount to much. It's kind of like sound and fury signifying nothing. Shakespeare all over again. What do you think, regardless of which candidate is elected here, what does this next mayor in your experience and expertise have to do? Let's say first thing in office. I wish somebody would have asked this question. Uh, First thing in office. What does that mayor have to do? Hank. First thing in office that he's got to announce the police commissioner. He's got to come up with a new way of police, something that appears new in the generalized operations of the police department. One, two, he's got to come up with a labor commissioner and he's got to have a budget commission, a budget director who actually understands budgets and tells us the truth about the fiscal condition of the city pretty quickly because people are nervous and you got to do those things to get people to stay. He's got to stem the out movement of people who pay the bills from our city and they're really leaving. We've got to stop it somehow. 
Yeah. Those are three things off the top. Uh, and Rob, quality of life. Where, where does he start with addressing? There are numerous quality of life issues. Where where does he begin with that? Uh, the minute he gets into office, he gets sworn in January 1st. He comes in from the cold. He sits at the desk. Then what? I, I, I think I think you start with public safety. I mean, public safety is on everybody's mind. And it is the first rule of economic development. If it is not safe, you cannot build from that. And I think after building from that and, and getting control, I believe, you know, Hank is right on this, is the police commissioner appointment is going to be up front and center. And then you can end up building other pieces on that. For instance, you know, making this city is open for business again, for small businesses, for tourism, for office workers, getting people's confidence again. You know, big business is not the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we, we got to move away from this anti-development piece. You know, look, look what's what's happened, you know, recently, you know, whether it was, you know, Industry City, where there were going to be hundreds and thousands of jobs or the Amazon deal in Long Island City. We lost some real opportunities for New Yorkers and jobs in our city. How do you get people great. back to work? Uh, You know, they're saying now a lot of people are coming back January 1st. I'm even hearing the spring. How does this mayor get people back in their offices or get people to come back into the city uh, so that uh, buildings will be filled up? uh, More people will be on mass transportation. What what needs to be done? Hank, you go first. First of all, we've got to clean up Midtown Manhattan and make it more pleasant to walk through. That would be a good thing. Yeah. The other problem we face, frankly, is we've got to get people back into their offices because we've got to get them back in the subways because we need the revenue. Because the present rate of depletion of revenue of the subway system will likely not get whole. Couldn't be before 2027 at this rate. It's a very, very serious, serious problem. And the MTA is likely to be the victim of a financial workout of some kind. Mm-hmm. That adds only to the chaos. Get on the street, Eric Adams. Start talking to commuters as they get off their trains and, and Grand Central Station and in Penn Station. Welcome them back. Tell them to bring their friends. Figure out a way to be the biggest booster we've ever had and do that because that will be the most important thing he does in addition to making those appointments I talked about for the first few months. And Rob, since you were yeah. Small Business Services Commissioner yeah. and because you're still on top of that game, what <laughs> does small business need here in New York City as we sort of emerge from this pandemic? Make it easier to do business in this city. Uh, roll back on the this fine mentality that you have. Get capital access, whether it's from traditional banks or nonprofit organizations, so people have resources that they could build. And the mayor needs to reach out to small businesses. He needs to have roundtables in the in the five boroughs and let them know that they have an ally in City Hall. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I think back of what Mike Bloomberg did, you know, after 9-11. He was on the phone constantly. And I his message to me was to get out, reach out, and make friends with the small businesses and help them navigate doing business in our city. Now, well, you know, go ahead. Go ahead, Hank. I'm sorry. In the, in the changing demographics that are always New York, if you look at the changing ethnic and demographic communities outside Manhattan and even within portions of Manhattan, what you see are communities that thrive on small business activity. If he's going to have political yeah. peace... He's got to somehow wed the politics to small business protection and development. 
that's not going to be easy because the pressures on large-scale development are so significant to do them for creating more jobs. But Rob is right. If there are no small businesses, these neighborhoods will die. They will become places where homeless do accumulate, where there's more crime. The small businesses keep these neighborhoods alive. And killing them is what we've seen over the last eight years. And frankly, what he should be doing if he's mayor is, in addition to seeing the people I talked about, get into the neighborhoods, show up at a deli in, you know, whatever the neighborhood is, show up in a local restaurant, sh- talk to which and find places that reflect the ethnic groups that make up the city. You know, we have 170 different languages spoken in Queens every day alone. There's an amounting and increasing African population in Staten Island. We have people from Tibet, Nepal, you know, things you never heard of before. They're here now, and this is his moment to show United New York City. And frankly, only a guy who comes from a blue-collar background, who pro- who's an African-American and uh, who's a cop, can get take can carry this off. Okay, each of you, street. each of you, because we only have about uh, 25 seconds left. The biggest asset of each candidate, one sentence each, and the biggest uh, drawback of each candidate. Hank, you go. Biggest, uh, well... Adams, discipline, okay, Sliwa, fire. How's that? Okay, and Rob? I think the biggest asset for Eric Adams is his connection to law enforcement. And for Eric Sliwa, his connection to people. Okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a communicator. Absolutely. Well, listen, gentlemen, Hank Scheinkoff, Rob Walsh, Thank you so much for joining us tonight for our 15 minutes on 1010 Wins and our 15 minutes here on Facebook. And a reminder that on election night, we'll be following the mayor's race and all the other local elections. We'll be bringing you all the election results and coverage live through the evening. And we encourage everyone to go out and vote. Early voting is already underway. And uh, election day is Tuesday, November 2nd, just a week away. I'm Juliet Papa. Thank you and good night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 